Let's call it an eventful week. As we break down the numbers from this past week, corn export sales surged to 121.9 million bushels this past week. Over 88 million of that went to China. Well, that was last week's numbers that were part of the export sales report we got out on Thursday. We're now back to last October lows in May beans. And beans, they've been just getting beat up. It's like uh, 14 sessions in a row. Grains Council says as much as 20% of the Brazilian Sabrina corn crop may have missed its ideal planting window. We're watching that carefully. And we're going to be talking about what's going on in South America coming up here straight ahead. Coley and Cavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. The Farm Bureau is really busy right now in D.C. And one of the big stories this week, we're going to cover it coming up in the news, Waters of the U.S. The fight against that is not possible in any sense without the support of the Farm Bureau. And you can start right here at home by supporting your local Farm Bureau. Simply go online to it pays to be a member.org. Well, like I said, John, why don't we start out with those uh, corn exports? Because that's just crazy. They're talking about the uh, largest batch of buying by China in over a year. So it's not like uh, you know, we're not happy about it. We're uh, elated about it, you know, since corn sales were down quite a bit. Even another flash sale on Friday morning. But, John, the numbers that came out this week, they were really representative of last week. I guess the thing on everybody's mind is, are these corn sales to China going to continue? Yeah, they probably are, Rob, and I'll tell you why. It's because the uh, internal domestic price of corn in China is about 1030 a bushel. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you can import corn from the U.S. cheaper than that. So the thinking is Chinese buying of corn is not over yet. And by the way, yes, these last two weeks has been phenomenal. We hadn't heard from China since May a year ago from corn anyhow. Yeah. And the purchases of the last uh, couple of weeks have totaled 2.7 million tons, which is about 106 million bushels. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, And that's really impressive. Why isn't corn higher? Well, as we well know, this past couple of weeks, actually since the middle of February, the markets have been brutal with heavy liquidation, particularly in the soybean complex. And so corn has managed to somewhat be stable compared to the beans and the wheat, but that's because of these Chinese purchases. It's not the only reason, but it's a primary reason. But here's another thing that's disturbing about corn. Remember, Rob, that our corn export sales in total for the year are much lower than was projected back at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and yeah. even with all these Chinese corn purchases, still we're, yeah, we're still behind. We've hit 80% of our marketing year objective, and roughly that's about 6% behind where it should be to hit the USDA objective. Now, remember, in the last S&D report, they lowered projected exports out of the U.S., and we're still running a little shy of making that goal. Now, they're getting better, and these Chinese purchases have really brought some optimism in, but we're still running behind. And speaking of optimism, I optimistic to see Japan be the second biggest buyer this past week. 27 million bushels outpaced Mexico. The interesting thing about the corn price, we had talked about uh, resistance levels as well as support levels were down around $6. Kind of wonder if that's what maybe kicked off some of the Chinese buying. Well, I certainly think so. Absolutely. That certainly is a, is a big factor. And, uh, but, you know, talking about uh, the soybeans and the corn here, you know, corn has been relatively stable compared to soybeans. So, therefore, that corn bean ratio is weakened. And it's now down below 2.3. Mm. So again, how's that going to affect planting this spring? Well, that's putting the economics back in favor of planting corn. So, uh, assuming the weather's okay when we get into the beginning of spring, say, let's get into around April 20 to May 20, if it's favorable for corn planting, 
I think we're going to get maybe more than the 90 to 91 mm. million planet oh, acres that's okay. currently projected. That's possible. You heard it first right here from John Cavanaugh. Right. But remember, <laughs> it's a huge hint in there. Well, and that report that John's talking about comes out, that's the March Perspective Plantings and Quarterly Grain Stocks report that comes out March 31st. And as John has mentioned so many times before, that is one of the really most important of the reports that come out each and every year. Let's move to soybeans because soybeans have been mm, brutal, just <laughs> hammered. Some of these tiny purchases. They bought them, but they haven't been shipped, so there's some concern there. But seriously rough week again for the bean complex. We're now back to last October lows in the May bean. Well, uh, November back to lows that I haven't seen since last July. So, uh, boy, what a mess. Stone X said the one-way money flow out of the soybean complex is beans and meals still theoretically have a net fund long that needs to be liquidated. And you and I were talking about liquidation that's really kind of the, one, one of the big issues in the soybean complex, those long fund positions. Oh, my gosh. I tell you what. First of all, let me say that managed funds had established huge positions in the corn, the bean complex, and wheat. Well, when the uh, algorithm said sell, you know, it kept selling and selling and selling. It brought about heavy liquidation. And altogether, Rob, since mid-February, we look at the grains and the bean complex, we've had liquidation of uh, over 300,000 contracts, which is some kind of a record. Yeah, that's a phenomenal amount. In fact, I believe I read somewhere that may be a record amount of liquidation. So you can see why this market has been so weak, so terribly weak. And uh, interesting, the bean complex, what led the bean complex down? It was oil, soybean oil. Hmm. We've talked about that before, Rob. You know, there was an awful lot of speculation in soybean oil. It's in a huge bull market. The funds had big positions in oil. Palm oil had a lot to do with that. Well, palm oil's been crashing. Dalian oil futures in China have been crashing, and that's spread to our markets. And this hasn't happened very often, but soybean oil has led the soybean complex down. That is kind of different. People ask us, why do you guys talk about palm oil? What's palm oil? Who uses palm oil? It's because palm oil is the one that's typically the leader that's affecting. It's kind of the tail that's wagging the whole rest of the dog there. Uh, Back to something I was talking about here a little bit ago, and that was that China has ownership. And that's a, a real important distinction. They've got ownership of about 2 million metric tons of U.S. soybeans, but they haven't been shipped yet. And we talked about this, John, a couple of weeks ago, that uh, that's, that elusive other group presumed to be China, unknown, apparently owns about the same amount. And then you get cheaper beans out of Brazil, and kind of we're, we're back to this conversation we had in recent weeks about it opens the door for cancellations. It is scary because right now, they're in the middle of harvest. I think now they're probably hitting somewhere in the 70%, maybe 75% harvested number. And I hear uh, the bins are bursting. They have a huge crop. They're running out of places to store. So therefore, it's uh, they're getting it to market as fast as they can. And the prices are getting cheaper. And so, you know, Brazilian beans going into China and anywhere else in the world are significantly below U.S. values, which opens the door for cancellations. But the one thing to bear in mind, the ports are going to have problem handling this big crop. We've already seen it. And so even though U.S. is not competitive price-wise, some business still may shift back to the U.S. because of uh, shipping delays in the Brazilian ports. So let's keep an eye on that. But also, too, Brazilian beans, because they're so cheap, et cetera. Now, we have the opposite problem in Argentina, which is having a serious 60-year drought problem. And it's estimated now that Argentina is going to import about 8 million tons of soybeans this year, which is triple what they (laughs) normally do. In fact, they're doing it is unusual. And, of course, most of those will probably come out of Brazil. 
certainly easy enough on the transportation side of it just to drag it across the border to Argentina instead of having a worry like China is about 50 some odd ships sitting out off of the port in Brazil trying to trying to get those things loaded. Grains Council says as much as 20% of the Brazilian Safrina corn crop may have missed its ideal planting window. Shifting here to South American corn as early rains have delayed the planting progress. Now there's talk of an early end to the rainy season and they're saying obviously that's bringing a bit of concern about a transition to a possible dry weather pattern or maybe even emergency drought, you know, because down there, as soon as the rainy season's done, then it turns into the dry season. And then it's a question of how dry is it? So weather or production concerns there could spark rallies in world grain markets if it all comes together in the wrong way. That's exactly right. And some of the privates have, have uh, already started to lower the Safrina corn production estimates. We got to keep an eye on that one, Rob. It may, it may be a big deal, and then again, it may not. But uh, we got to watch that one pretty closely. As you mentioned, the sell-off we're seeing is is uh, it's been uh, far more brutal than I ever expected. Now the question is, Rob, is this it? Are we finally are we bottoming out? Finally, is enough liquidation occurred that we're ready to see the market stabilize down here? We are going into planting season, and remember, it's next Friday is when the uh, planning intentions report comes out the market's going to focus on that so we have an interesting week coming up that is going to be the focus of this next week well we only have a couple of seconds left have you got a real quick final thought (laughs) well I've kind of run out of thoughts the way this market has been so uh, treacherous here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would like to say one thing. Wheat, you know, was down on the load this past week as much as 47 cents. Just, it's been trashy. But the uh, Western wheat crop has got some problems. The uh, ratings came out last week. Kansas wheat crop was only 19% good excellent. That was actually up slightly from the previous week, but that's uh, historically low. Yeah. That's another one we got to watch. This Western hard red wheat crop at the moment has got problems. The weekly visit with Colleen Cavanaugh brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And farming has a lot of challenges. I'm talking about a bunch of them in Washington, D.C. right now, like the fight with Biden's EPA over the waters of the U.S. That is critical for farming. And the Farm Bureau is fully engaged in that, as well as the Farm Bill priorities that, frankly, touch all farmers. The Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state and national level only possible with your Farm Bureau membership. So support your local Farm Bureau with a membership go online to it pays to be a member.org podcasts by federated media